it's good to be back with you once again. And it is my prayer that today we would meet the Lord in this discussion and that he would increase our faith and help us to see him in a dimension that possibly we've never seen or experienced him before. So here's a reality. There comes moments in life when we or someone we love faces a life-altering and even at times a life-threatening situation. And in those times, we are compelled to pray. And there are even moments when these individuals or we ourselves want to be with others as they pray for us. And that's precisely a situation that I'm in right now and have found myself in many times. A family I care about greatly and a man who I think is just an amazing follower of Jesus Christ is in a situation just like this, facing what could be life-threatening consequences. And so recently their family asked if Cheryl and I would come down and we would pray for them. And of course I wanted to do that. And we gathered together in their living room and we expressed faith and we read scriptures of Christ and his ability to heal, to intervene, and then we prayed. And I prayed as I believe the Lord has taught me to pray that we speak with authority against anything that's happening in a person's life. And that's what I did there. And I knew in my heart God's ability to do something special and to intervene. As I came home and as the days passed and I continued to pray, I realized that I needed God to expand my view of him. That I would be, answer, be able to answer when the question was given to me, is God's arm too short? to intervene. It is never too short. And not just say it by faith, but say it by a faith that is backed by incredible belief and confidence in God. And so as I began to think about this idea of expanding my view of God and my understanding of praying about such things, four words, four phrases in some cases, rose to the surface. The fact that God has indescribable genius, that he operates with incomparable power, that he reaches out to us with unfathomable love, and that he extends toward us an authority to act in his name. Let's just spend a little bit of time looking at those four realities. And my hope is, my outcome of this is that our view of God would expand so that when we face these circumstances that can be life-altering and even life-threatening, that there is within us a growing confidence in our God. So let's start with the whole idea 
of this indescribable genius of God. Over the past two years, I've done quite a bit of reading of anti-theists and books that are arguing both sides of that. And I was particularly moved a number of years ago, maybe three years ago, to read uh, Anthony Flew's book, There Is a God. He spent the bulk of his life up until, I think, 84 years old as a very adamant atheist. But as a scientist, he continued to look at the data, and he came to the conclusion there is a God. And one of the things that these these writers all talk about is how fine-tuned our universe is. That the slightest change in angle, in temperature, in position would change everything, and there would not be life on our planet or in the universe. And that many scientists that begin to look at the data come to the point of saying, there has to be an intelligent design behind this because it is so fine-tuned. And even Christopher Hitchens, the, the anti-theist that is, has been or was most vocal and at times bullying with his opinions, once was asked, what is the one posture of those that believe in God that is the most difficult to overcome, and he himself said, is the fine-tuning of the universe. God is so great that down to the minutia of creation, he has displayed a genius that goes beyond our ability to understand. And then all of a sudden, we begin to look at a couple of miracles in Scripture, like water being turned into wine and five loaves being turned into a feast. And we recognize that there is nothing that God can do and that he has this genius and the ability to fine-tune a circumstance to bring about the outcome that he desires. And then there's the whole issue of God's incomparable power. Recently, we saw the devastating power of tornadoes that swept through uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, up into Ohio. Lives are lost. Property is devastated. We talked about one tornado that hit the ground and stayed on the ground for over 180 miles. And then you look at when the seas begin to rage and the, when the hurricane force comes, and it's too much for me to even calculate the power that is in the idea of nuclear energy. And yet God is more powerful still. He is more powerful still. And he is on our side and he loves us and he cares for us. And he's for us. This genius God who knows how to fine-tune the universe to support our lives is also more powerful than anything that we could face. And it's important that we see that and are even in awe over it. And isn't that story of Elijah and, Elijah and the prophets of Baal part of this, that you can take this sacrifice and drench it and drench it and drench it with water, and yet God's power is so great that he sends fire from the heavens and he consumes the sacrifice and proves that he is God. This is the question, which God is God? And it's part of God's power that shows that. 
our God is a God of indescribable genius and incomparable power, but he also is a God of unfathomable love. He shares over and over and over again the degree to which he loves us. And in fact, we read in scripture in the first epistle of John that his very nature is love. And that what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 13 about love is, if you will, a glimpse at the greatness of God's love. And in the epistle to John, our Father talks about the fact that God loved us before we loved him. And before we loved him, he sent his son for us. He has this desire to be reunited with us in union, to display his love for us so that his face will shine upon us. And I have to admit that I have very little ability to completely grasp the extent of God's love that gives us this promise that nothing will separate us from that love, that we are surrounded by his presence and surrounded by that love, and that that love will one day be with us for all eternity. And so here we, we are in these moments with others and ourselves that is very difficult to navigate, life-altering, life-threatening. And our eyes need to again look to God and that we see that there is nothing that he cannot do, nothing that he cannot accomplish. And then we look at this issue of authority. Teilhard de Chardin talked about the fact that all authority is now under Christ. It's moving under Christ. That's what Colossians is talking about. And that there will be a day when every knee bows and every tongue confesses because all authority is given to Jesus. And the portrait of that authority that comes in the writing of Paul in Ephesians is that he is seated at the right hand of God. And we see that also in the book of Revelation. But then we we move to this other reality that is ours in Christ, that we are seated with him. That's what it says in the book of Ephesians. And what it means is that Jesus gives us a degree of authority to move on his behalf. Do you remember the story in Luke 10 where Jesus sends out the 70 and they come back all excited? And as they go, Jesus said, I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions, to heal the sick, to preach the good news of the gospel, to deliver people from the force of evil. Now, here's something that that text tells us, that when Christ gives us authority, it is limited in scope. He didn't give me the authority to create another planet. He gives me a limited authority. In the case of this story in Luke 10, it's the authority to proclaim the gospel and heal the sick and press back darkness. But while God gives us, if you will, a limited authority in its scope, it seems to be unlimited in its effect. The disciples were able, and they came back with joy to declare that they were able 
to do the very thing that Christ had appointed for them to do. That's why I always encourage people that when you're praying for a circumstance for individuals, yes, we pray for God's intervention, but there is a time when we need to rise up with authority and we speak to that circumstance. We speak to that tumor. We speak to that illness. And we command it to go away in the name of Jesus and we let the effect of that be up to God. These are important concepts. God is so, so much bigger than my vision of him. A genius that creates a world perfectly supporting life. A power that goes beyond anything that we can imagine. A love that is beyond our ability to fathom and authority over all things. Increase our vision of you, God. We face life challenges, life-altering, at times life-threatening moments, but may we come together as the people of God and declare the glory of God and say even in the darkness with our loudest praise, the Lord does reign. His arm is not too short. And nothing is impossible for God. I will wait for you to encourage and wait. I will wait for you to encourage and wait. 